that military mindset of failure is not an option was very, very powerful with where I sit today. And sometimes the hardest part's getting beyond your own mental mind block of what you could be good at. And you just get out and try it and do it. You're listening to the Expertish Podcast. Be sure to head over to iTunes or Spotify and tell Jay what you thought about this episode. Expertish is where you can learn how to invest from those who have, those who are, and have some fun along the way. Are you ready to start? Okay, welcome to this episode of the Expertish Podcast. Today I've got Chris Dorward on as a guest from Texas. How's it going, Chris? Doing well. How are you? Good, good. Can I just start out with uh, you know taking a couple jabs at you being a Marine? You know, it's kind of like obligatory yeah. that I do that. We appreciate that you you're being on here, but it, seriously, it's Veterans Day coming up, and today's the Marine Corps birthday. So actually, I think I should have to at least acknowledge that and be a little bit nicer to you than I normally would. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Thanks for taking care of me on my birthday. Yeah, for at least the first five minutes or so, then we'll be back yeah. to the normal jabs. All right, yeah. but uh, but I'm- awesome, man. Hey, Chris, you know, we got connected by, you know, a mutual friend and, uh, you know, business guy, Steven, who actually runs the company that produces this podcast. So first I kind of like talking a little bit on the, on the veteran side, you know, with you being in business now, being out, you know, from the military and business is I always like to kind of acknowledge what a cool network it is. And people really do tend to be more generous or genuinely try to help other people in their businesses in that veteran community. Don't you find? Uh, Oh, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. What about your personal transition out of the Marine Corps? What kind of, uh, kind of, I guess, hurdles did you have? How did you feel going into that? Was it kind of difficult or was it an easy transition for you? Uh, when I got out, so I got out in 2004. So we came back from Iraq uh, right at the end of 03. Uh, and I transitioned straight out. Yeah, I was 23 years old and had no freaking clue what I was going to do with my life. So um, and I, you know, I had a pretty good idea. I was offered a job to stay in and go... Uh, with the Naval Criminal Investigation Services, mm-hmm. uh, I decided that I wanted to come back to Dallas and chase my dreams of being a Dallas police officer. Uh, mm-hmm. So when I got out, uh, I filled a couple of minor security jobs just to kind of get a paycheck rolling in. Uh, pretty quickly knew it. that wasn't for me. Um, you know, just being a pawn in somebody else's game wasn't something I was interested in. Right. Uh, and then um, I became a bodyguard for uh, Ross Pro Sr. And oh. man, he really helped me out a lot. And uh, uh, it was, you know, it was security, but it, it was, it was still different. Like being around his, his person was pretty amazing. Uh, so that was really fun. Uh, when I worked for him, his main guy was retired Dallas PD, Dallas mm-hmm. police department. Uh, so he encouraged me to go to the Dallas police department. I really didn't want to go back to war getting out, you know, I kind of fresh back for more. I was like, man, Dallas sounds, sounds like it's going to be pretty, uh, pretty fun. And, and it was fun, but, um, I went into the Dallas police department, did about a little over 10 years there, um, mostly chasing drugs and burglars and, you know, selling felony criminals. Um, and then I did my last five years undercover. So I had a real long beard and long hair and, you know, looked totally different. But the main thing was, uh, I lived under a rock. So I didn't, um, uh, when you're undercover, you don't have social media, definitely don't have your name on it. Um, so it's, similar still to transitioning from the Marine Corps. So yeah. I still look at police department to uh, civilian life uh, as the same transition. Um, I knew uh, pretty quickly after joining the police department, that wasn't going to be my final job. I knew I wasn't yeah. going to be a career guy, uh, but I wanted to have a lot of fun while I was there. So 
what we did is we did undercover buys. We did uh, our own search warrants. So we were our own entry team. Uh, so, you know, it was, a, it was similar things as the military. Um, of course, in the military, though, I was nuclear, biological, and chemical defense. So if anybody was in boot camp from 2000 to 2003 in Camp Pendleton, I probably gassed you. Um, but <laughs> I really appreciate that. that. Maybe you shouldn't have told everybody that. that. Um, we, we won't tell them where you live then uh, after that. Yeah, yeah, don't tell. Um, no, but it, so coming from law enforcement, I just knew I didn't want to do it anymore. Uh, got really tired of getting shot at. Um, it was, it's just, you know, everyone knows it's not fun the first time. It's not fun the second time and definitely not fun every time after that. Um, so I kind of on my daughter's third birthday, I decided I was going to go into real estate. I didn't have any ties to real estate at all. I didn't have any right. mentors in real estate. Didn't know my wife and I just kind of like driving around looking at open houses and wasting realtors time and stuff like that. <laughs> Uh, pretty much my own, my own worst client. Right. right. But, uh, so, um, on my daughter's third birthday party, that's what I decided I was going to do. And, uh, I was signed up for classes that day. I just wasn't going to wait. I just decided this is it. If it's not it forever, it's going to be it for now. Yeah. And let's, let's dig our heels in and see how it goes. Uh, so I got licensed really quick, you know, getting a real estate license isn't actually, it should probably be harder <laughs> to be, really to be honest. Be. I agree. Um, but uh, easy to get licensed. I was licensed within about six to eight weeks of mm -hmm. that. Uh, signed up with Keller Williams, started going through all the training. And that's what I really enjoyed about that side of it uh, was, you know, from military law enforcement, you need training to get anything yeah. done. You want to feel like you're experienced, even if you've never done it. Um, and then I got my first showing on a house. So uh, kind of funny. Um, I was showing a house for another agent that wasn't able to make the showing. So it was just filling and showing agent. And, um, we got there as an 8am Saturday morning showing. And, uh, I called the agent the night before and said, Hey, it's going to be an 8am Saturday. I know it's early, but it's the only time my people can get in. He said, Oh yeah, my people know we're good to go. So, uh, went up and I changed from my police knock, the knock, knock, knock to, uh, uh, a little realtor knock. Yeah. And we walked down. I was like, ah, oh, there's some, there's some dishes on the table. That's weird. I, you know, I think you to put that away before showing a house. Uh, so we worked our way through the house, got to the master bedroom and by God, they were still in bed. And, um, <laughs> the husband rolls over, reaches for a gun. I was like, you kidding me? I'm going to get shot my first day as a real estate agent. And that's why right. I got out of the last industry. So, uh, threw my hands up, realtor, 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 and, uh, backed out and they ended up buying the house. So that was pretty cool, but, uh, <laughs> pretty crazy, pretty crazy first day on the job. Yeah. And then but, now those uh, guys have a story of how they're, uh, how they found their house too. So they had a cool story yeah. with it as well. Well, that, that should yeah. show you that uh, I think people hate realtors more than they hate cops or military, right? Like, like yeah, there's yeah. probably a few I'd Very like to possible. shoot, and I am one, right? And there's still some I yeah, want to yeah. shoot. Yeah. That's a pretty good. Uh, that's a pretty good opening day story, though. Did, is that yeah. after that day, are you kind of thinking about like, hey, maybe I made the wrong choice if I was trying to get out of this? Well, I changed back to my police knock for sure, and right. uh, you know, make sure the house was clear and do different things. But uh, yeah, no, it. it Every day since then has been a little bit easier and uh, fun. So, but it's interesting because you know you come out when you're when you're a career military guy or career law enforcement, you feel like the only thing you're really good at doing is what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, what you don't equate to your sales experience. So yeah. for me, buying drugs in Dallas was that sales experience. I don't care how you look at it. You know, yeah. if you're buying and selling commodities, no matter what they are, that's sales experience. If you're right. a trainer in the military, that's that's experience. So it's sometimes the hardest parts getting beyond your own mental mind block of what you could be good at and just get out and try it and do it.
Yeah, I agree. I feel like a lot of uh, people, a lot of my friends, myself included, sometimes uh, looked at your job and go, how does this, this doesn't really relate outside, but you don't look at all the things that go into that job, right? That those right. experiences yeah. really play. And you can't really quantify any one of them. It's really just the kind of aggregate of all of them that really make up what you right. know, your experience is. I really do think a lot of people, myself included, underestimate that or just don't really account for how much of that experience and how it can play on the outside. Because, um, and I've said on here before, I felt like even on the, on the civilian world and the business side, like maybe it's just here in uh, San Diego, but man, people will get out of your way if you want to work because so many people don't want to actually work that they'll just be like, Oh, you want to go, uh, you know, create this. You want to, you know, grow your business, please go ahead. Just don't let me get in your way because people are lazy, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> really, yeah. really, I've seen so much laziness on the civilian side. Yeah, that, and that's exactly right. So when I came in, I was worried. I was like, you know, there's so many freaking agents out there. Everybody I know, everyone you know, knows two or yeah. at least two or three agents. Oh, for and sure. they probably know them pretty well, whether it's their boyfriend's mom or, you know, something like that. Everyone knows an agent. And I was yeah. like, how am I going to get my foot in the door with these people? But really the secret sauce is go to work every day and do your job. And if you do that, you're doing more than eight of the other people. It's really yeah. crazy. Yeah. Uh, people say, well, what's your secret to success? And it, it, there's really no secret. Just go to work and, yeah. you know, manage your scout, your calendar and, and do it, do the job. So, yeah, that's huge. Um, like you said, you know, you came in and started out at Keller Williams and, you know, went through the kind of training and stuff. That's why I, I went early on initially too, because too, for the training. And I don't think it was a Keller Williams thing as much as just, it was a bad office. You know that, so I had the right. bad experience stuck there. Nothing learned. I mean, essentially, there's no mentor, no train, no, nothing quality really given. So, kind of had to just figure it out before we moved away from there. But I started out. You know, I, was, I knew there was going to be a team. That's what I enjoyed was building teams. So, um, kind of having to figure it out myself. It really was that just showing up. Like I had no idea what was going on, but I would show up, go to my office. I was already running an office, and just show up and put in 10 hours of figuring it out. Like half the day was just trying to study and learn what works for me. And then half the day is just whatever you need to do, the calls, the uh, preparation, uh, but just putting in the hours until it kind of just caught on, you know, it was all the culmination of that time. Once the deals start happening, then it, it just builds on itself. But so many people, when they start, I feel like if they don't have a transaction, they feel like they don't have to work. So it's like, Oh, I don't have something going on right now. I'll do 30 minutes of this or that. And I see it all the time. And people wonder why they're not, you know, they're doing two deals a year and can't mm -hmm. make it into a career. And it really just comes down to it's still a freaking job. <laughs> You've got to put right. the work in. You absolutely have to go to work. I mean, if you don't go to an office, yeah. you have to, you have to focus your time. Exactly. Uh, I, 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 in the beginning, I worked at home mm -hmm. and I'd get distracted watching Netflix or something while making calls or making emails or something like that. Why yeah. isn't anything happening? And, and then, you know, I, I really took control of my calendar and focused mm -hmm. on that. And that's when it really started catching. So yeah, that's yeah. it. That's a continuous struggle too. I feel like taking control of your calendar because as things change, I feel like so does my mentality towards that. Like I always had the office space because it was nice to be able to get up, go somewhere. And then my mind is in that mode. And then when I come home, mm -hmm. it's not. And then like during COVID, we happened to be in, that's when we made a change and we were changing offices and uh, we were looking for office space and COVID happened. So it's like actually very good timing if something bad is going to happen because we hadn't already leased or purchased anything. So then it was like, okay, I'm working, you know, now we're working from my house. Um, yeah. So I got good at segregating work, you know, like, hey, when I walk into that office, that's 
that's work. And I just would work all day. But eventually I found like in the last handful of months, it's kind of reverting backwards to where not, not that it's, uh, I have trouble focusing there. What I have trouble is turning it off because it's all mm-hmm. in the house. So then when I go, like if I'm hanging out, you know, if I don't go out to do something, if I'm in my house, I feel like I can be able to still be responding to an email or doing that stuff. So the workday doesn't really end. Mm-hmm. And so that's become a problem on the other side. So, you know, we're again, look at where now we're looking to purchase an office space and, and get the team in there. But yeah, man, it is a constant. Yeah. Pay that, attention. And that's, a, that's a real challenge. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, when I was saying that it took me some time to get everything going, yeah. then I hit that stage where everything's going. And like you said, it's hard to turn it off. Yeah. Uh, I saw my family almost less as a real estate agent than I did as a police officer. And I was like, whoa, that's, that's the opposite that's right. of why we got into this industry, right? Yes. So moving to my physical office helped a lot with that. Mm-hmm. And then really trying to, you know, I, when I first started in the industry to agents out there, you know, there was agents you'd call them and say, if it's after seven o'clock or on a Sunday, I'll call you back the next business day. It's like, yeah. oh, this is not the industry for that. You can't do that. Yeah. And um, now I've kind of done that. So it's after seven o'clock, mm-hmm. you know, depending on the situation, you know, it, most of it can wait until the next day. Right, you don't have to right. respond to somebody that texts you at six in the morning, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, wait until eight, set the precedence and go over there. But, you know, again, providing great service. If, if you've got a nurse or a doctor, that's the only time they're available. You got to manage your calendar and say, I'm available at that time. So, right. Right. Well, I think that's a great analogy too, because I I've looked back at, um, yeah, obviously, uh, military medical is a different story, but even, um, that is something I use to kind of, uh, as a, a mental picture of how molding during molding my business, because one of the my primary care doctor, the one I had signed up with when I had first gotten out, great doctor, like loved him. His back staff was real good. You know, like the nurses and stuff were there, his, uh, front of the house, like, uh, scheduling and stuff like that. were a little bit off for a little while, you know, he got straightened out, but that, but that set the precedent for the whole visit. Right. Even though he was great. Right. So, you know, luckily there's a lot of things I'm not good at, like most things I'm not good at. So just hired those things. So now it's like, there's, you know, you don't get just like, if we're doing a deal, it's not just me. I have like at least three other people each time, like literally as a team so that everyone's good at their job. Because if it were just me, kind of what you're saying, I would have zero time and I would drop the ball and stuff. Like to be totally honest, yeah. when we got busy, there's stuff that's going to slip through the cracks if that's not what I'm yeah. specializing in. Yeah, I think year two, I realized that I lost about a hundred thousand dollars in gross commission income just by letting stuff fall through the cracks. Right. And, you know, not letting deals fall apart, but forgetting to call somebody back. Yeah. You know, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, now I say, look, if it's a paperwork question, aside yeah. from writing an offer or something like that, if it's a paperwork question, you actually don't want to talk to me. Yes, you same. want to talk to my assistant <laughs> because she's the one that knows it, right? Yeah. So she knows the contract inside and out. I wrote it, but uh, yeah. So yeah, leveraging out to your weakness is definitely yeah. the best part, you know. So yeah. I'm still hiring now, so we're we're growing our team as we go. I feel like sometimes I can't hire fast enough or train fast enough once hiring for the things we need, you know. And and I think that's a great outlook on it. I know uh, a couple friends of mine who you know they're civilians, but friends that I knew that were in real estate before I got into it. And it just there, there it was, everything was about like uh, maximizing the dollar and stuff, which I get too. I have no problem. You know, everyone runs their things different. Like, Oh, if I don't use a transaction coordinator, I can save $500 per file or whatever. Sure. But like you said, I feel like the business you miss out on by not being the best at every little thing you do. I would rather like that hundred thousand, like you're saying like at least a hundred thousand dollars that year, 
I would rather that $100,000 go to someone else that works with me to make the whole system better and someone make a great salary to, to, to fill that gap. You know, why let the money just go? Why not create a job and just make your whole system better? So besides getting almost shot on day one, what do you think has been your biggest, I don't want to say hurdle, but maybe biggest misstep as a career in real estate? Anything that really costs you or something? Hiring fast and firing slow. Yeah. I think is, is probably my biggest misstep. Um, mm. Hiring out of pain. Uh, that's, that's where I really had some struggles. Um, right. Just filling, filling a gap, getting somebody in the gap to answer the phone and do this, even if they're not really good at it and trying mm. to make them good at it. Uh, I think where we're at now is now it's hire slow, fire fast. Yes. So, uh, you, you know, nobody wants to fire anybody, but you also in a hundred percent commission game, you, you don't want to waste their time if they're not willing to do the work. Exactly. So, um, you know, you get too attached to the person sometimes and yeah. you're not realizing that you're actually hurting the person because they're not meant for the job. Yeah. Uh, so th- I think that was probably the biggest one. And, and that's a, that's a constant struggle. I mean, getting, so this is a hard, it's a, Selling like Zillow, you know, let's, let's celebrate <laughs> Zillow's getting out of the industry. But um, right. you know, they said the selling real estate is not difficult, but yeah. the people are. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's, that's the hardest part of the job. And you could be yeah. really great in sales, but if you can't, if you can't do this, it, you need to find something else. Yeah, for sure. And I, and I am, yeah, that is something to celebrate as well. Um, hopefully people will stop coming to us with this estimate. It won't happen. They'll keep coming with it. But you know, at least now we can just send them an article and be like, well, they've already said they can't do it with an algorithm. You know, that, uh, yeah, yeah. that'll help a little bit. It'll help a little bit. So now, you know, you being ex-military and stuff, what about, I guess, the little bit of what got me started? I didn't want to do residential. Well, I'm saying I didn't intend to do residential real estate, but when I got my license, it was to do investments for myself. And you know, went to a course. I've told that story in here before, but so I won't go too much into it with that relocation professional course. And just a lot of the information was so bad, not from the course, but the agents there, which a lot were tied to the military, but with just a very narrow scope, very narrow perspective of it. Maybe they only had a couple years, they never moved, or it was the spouse was in the military or whatever. So they just didn't have that exposure. It wasn't meant to be malicious, but it was just the information was horrible that they were sharing with each other. And uh that's kind of what drove me like, screw it. We can do better than this. Let me start a team. We can make people have a better service. Right. So that's how that first happened because I feel like a lot of times military are targeted versus educated and assisted um, in real estate is yeah. no different. So when uh, they lifted, obviously on the VA loan, when they lifted the loan limits here in San, I mean, that's huge here in San Diego. Like, I mean, you've got to, sure. you got to have like eight, you got to get into a normal single family. You need $800,000 now minimum, but that just opened such a huge opportunity, you know, especially in like the multi-unit investing space and stuff. And so have you guys seen a lot of that there in your area in Texas? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we've got um, people using VA loans when they wouldn't have usually used them because uh, mm-hmm. they didn't fit the market. Yeah. Um, you know, we don't deal a whole lot because we're I'm in the Dallas area. So gotcha. we don't have on, on the east side, we don't have many military bases, but we do have a lot of places where military members are transitioning to right. like L3 Harris and Raytheon and stuff like that. Yeah. So we're seeing not the PCS side, we're seeing, hey, we're getting out, we're starting a career. So what we've tried to do on that end is is really build a relationship with employers. And yeah. when you call me from San Diego and say, hey, I'm transitioning out of the Marine Corps, I have a security clearance at this level, this is was my job. You know, my job, I don't want to just sell you a house. I want to be 
you know, a part of your life. If we can help you find a job in the area and get you transitioned faster, that's, that's great. Um, we have a great, so I'm, I'm in Rockwall County, which is the smallest county in Texas, but uh, we also have the highest per capita veteran population. Mm-hmm. So we have a great, great network with this band of brothers, sisters and friends. And um, it's plugging people in and getting them set up. It's, it's, you take the eye out of it and it's a wee thing. And um, yeah. it's just a great network. And you know, we have the Rockwell Veteran Business Alliance where it's, you know, veteran owned businesses and we just go in and support each other. And, you know, one, you got to do your job, you got to do it right. But, you know, people want a vet in their house. They want, if you're a contractor or a roofer, um, what my, my top roofer is uh, FMF Corman. So, uh. um, you know, just a total awesome dude that is, is great and trustworthy and gets in yeah. your door and can explain it to you. So it's the network, it's the referral network in, in everything, not just in real estate, but, you know, from investment strategies to, you know, anything, stockbrokers, everything. Yeah. No, I agree. I think that is huge. And, and I, I, we try to do the same. We keep a lot of it just veteran to veteran, just because there's that built in a little bit of intrinsic trust to it. Sure. You know, like our home inspector actually is a weirdly enough, an FMF Corman is, was our home inspector that I uh, had worked with. And then, and uh, when I was in the Navy and he freaking amazing, you know, just does a great job. But, um, and then also it's cool. Like we were talking about before people share freely. They also share resources as far as like, there's a couple, uh, not on my team, but a couple uh, people that I know or a couple veterans that I know in real estate here, the great people that just, you know, I, I def- definitely admire because they're just true people. They're like, we'll call each other if we don't like, you know, you're slammed and you've got too much going on and just refer business to each other just in the same city. Or even like, Hey, can you, do you have someone I could hire to show open doors this weekend? Because we've got too much going on. You know, we can't really do it all. And, you know, in this market now you have to see shit the first weekend or else you might not get it. Right. And it's, and it's just so refreshing how people will move things around just to make sure that everybody gets taken care of, but they also know that, Hey, we're taking care of other veterans too. So I don't know, just that network is, is huge for sure. Yeah. How long did it take you to get plugged into it back there? You were probably a little bit plugged in also from a police force though, right? With the veteran community. I'm, I'm guessing that was a fairly heavy. Yeah. um, So we, I mean, to be honest, when I went to the police department, I kind of put military behind me for a few Mm. years and focused because I was at work all the time, 80 hour a week, that kind of stuff. So, you know, you were, you had a tight group of guys that were military members and we ran together and, you know, put bad guys in jail together. Um, But I didn't really think a whole lot about the military for, for a long time. Right. Uh, until I was plugged in with this group and it, it really revitalized my spirit towards it. And, um, so to answer your question, it was pretty soon after going into real estate. Gotcha. Um, but it was being with the right people that plugged me in with the right people. And mm-hmm. then, and then not being a floater and taking control and taking the lead and, and, um, making a difference. So that, that's when we got into it, but it was, it was pretty soon after joining real estate that I got into it. Awesome. Awesome. Right on. And it, it, what about uh, the other thing? When you were, where were you stationed actually when you were in Marine Corps? Camp Pendleton. Okay. Gotcha. Okay, cool. That's, yeah. I wasn't sure. Yeah. Right on. I lived in Carlsbad, loved living in Carlsbad. That, that North County, San Diego area is awesome. Yeah. It's in um, Oceanside's changed a lot since, since you were stationed here too. That's really grown quite a bit too. It really has. So I was back, I went back for a boot camp graduation this uh, year for one of my Marines' uh, son graduated boot camp, which is, that's a whole nother like age yourself experience. But uh, yeah. yeah, watching him walk across the same parade deck that I walked across. I mean, it was, you know, I kind of walked in kind of 
bebop in and then I hit that parade deck and I was locked and ready to go. And it was like, man, I was 20 years ago yesterday, you know? So, um, yeah. but yeah, Oceanside was totally different. I went and got one of my old burritos I looked forward to for a long time. Right. Wasn't anything like I remember, but it was worth it to go. So yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah, that definitely things just never stay the same, do they? It's growing quickly out of here. How about the family life? How do they are they enjoying it now that you're more settled into real estate? You know, yeah, you well, focus a little bit more. Yeah, we're beyond blessed now. So um being there for my kids for cheerleading to soccer practice, all that kind of stuff. You know, that was we're talking about time blocking a calendar. That yeah. is that's number one. Yeah. And then everything else comes after that because that's why we made the change. So my wife is very supportive and always has been and Honestly, without her, I'm not sitting here either. So she's, she keeps me honed and, and, and sharp, uh, on a daily basis. She takes a lot of jabs. That's why you're not going to hurt me, Jay. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, just yeah, for sure. I, I would not doubt that at all, <laughs> but that's, uh, no, but it, family, family life is great. That's why I got into this industry, um, to spend the time with them. And you know, we went through several years where it, it was, um, yeah, you got to hustle. You got to work. Yeah. You know, I went from putting in 80 hour weeks in the police department to putting eight hour weeks into real estate. I was like, man, you know, I don't, I can't remember the last time I had a 40 hour a week job, but <laughs> again, we talked about hiring. So we hired it down and I, I think I got it down to about 65 hours a week now. So that's not right. terrible. It's getting there. Um, but, but with time focused in the right direction. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good point to you know bring up too. It really is that when you start managing that time or focusing on what's going to bring that income or what your specialty is in there. And that's something we weekly now, uh, Maya, who's like my operations person, phenomenal. I couldn't do any of this without her basically running all the stuff in business I'm not good at, but just focusing on like, Hey, where, where can we make the impact in the business? And it really, it's taken time over time and maybe a little bit of it was... I don't want to say ego, but just like feeling like, oh, I have to be involved in this and this. I have to be involved in this. And really what it's come down to is I just need to be out meeting people. I need to be doing education and strategy calls. Basically, I just need my calendar booked with talking to people on strategy and 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 putting together deals, making the networks and everything else. Everyone else is better at than me on the team, 100%. It was kind of hard to let that sink in to finally realize I just need to be out putting things together and let everyone else do what they're good yeah. at. You know, focus on what you're best at and then hire your weaknesses, like we said. And, um, you know, don't be afraid to make changes. If yeah. something's not working or you'd like to see it different, don't say, well, it's kind of working. Well, let's just stick with it and see if it repairs itself. It's not going to repair itself. Yeah. You got to do something. You're, you got to dig in there and make the change. If yeah. you're looking at your numbers on a monthly or daily basis, you know, if something's changing, we'll go in there and figure out what, what changed, where yeah. did this happen? Did my mindset change? And mindset's a huge deal. I mean, I can, huge. you could go through a, a six week funk where you're just in a bad freaking mood for yeah. six weeks. And you're like, I'm, I'm burned out. I'm tired, whatever. But man, the goal you have to do, if you're looking at your numbers, is get in there and fix it as quick as possible. Right. At least be able to identify it, you know, and yeah. uh, get with somebody that, you know, and trust and get in a motivational group or something like that where, yeah. Well, we've got some vet groups that, you know, it's like, get your ass out of bed and get to work, you know, and it's, yeah. you know, you don't, there's no option for being lazy and, and stuff yeah. like that. But that being said, you know, take a vacation. You can't do it all the time. Yeah, man. I, uh, 2020 finally, because same thing, you know, you just start getting burned out. You start getting worn down if you're not able to balance it. And I had scheduled out, not the big vacations, but I scheduled out ahead of time, like a four to five day break each quarter. So those were good, mm -hmm. you know, set. And then I could do the others. Then we had, luckily I went, I've gone to literally probably 10 days before 
uh, California shutdown, you know, when we had our shutdown, I had just gotten back from Hawaii, which I almost canceled because there was so much going on. I almost kicked it a month. And luckily I went, had four days, it came back. So I'm recharged and then COVID happened. So or else I would have gotten no, nothing for that year. So I was kind of fortunate for that one. But to what you're saying, like you have to pay attention, not just the numbers, which is hard to play catch up, right? When you fall behind. And to me, that was the, the part is the roller coaster in this business of when you are, even when you start, when your head's down and just working, doing the things that the basics, you know, you need to do to build the business. Once it hits, it hits pretty hard. And then I had, for at least for me, yeah. then it was a roller coaster because you're like so busy. And so, you know, we're trying to just keep up. Well, then when that goes away, then you have that lull because you were so busy at this time, you weren't doing those day-to-day things to keep yes. steady yes. business. The real so estate then, roller coaster is what oh my God. It's nuts, right? And then, but it is, yeah. you got to keep that positive mindset. But the funny thing is the first year you're like, oh shit, like now what happens? Like, hey, I had this business, now it's gone. Is this how it always is? And then once, you know, another year into it, you realize like, hey, it's going to happen, but it all comes back around if you're doing the right things. But that is a little bit, it's tough, man. And then yeah, for me bookkeeping and just learning that business side, because when you first get that first busy time and you get all this influx of the capital, well, and you don't have stuff in place or you're just not sure how to manage that yet, that falls behind too. So then, you know what I mean? Now you're like, okay, I play catch up with bookkeeping. Yeah, dude, I, I, I totally screwed up all that stuff for the first year and a half. Totally. Oh yeah. I, oh, another thing I, I totally failed on was hiring a CPA way too late. Mm-hmm. Uh, man. When you go, you're you're in normal life, and you've got in. I remember, I, I remember my last return. Yeah, like God, yeah, I remember my last tax return. Uh, those don't happen anymore. So no. you know, you, you go to paying taxes and paying a lot of taxes. When it comes out of your check every month, it looks a lot different than it does when it all comes out at the end of the year or quarterly. So oh. uh, it really makes you. Um, want to pay less taxes and get a better CPA. Well, that's, but, I feel like that's half a business is really getting smart with taxes or getting the right people around you because that is income, you know, yeah, paying less taxes yeah. is income. Yeah, I, for sure. I almost think it would have been more beneficial for me or probably for a lot of people who weren't really savvy on the tax side. If during the military times, instead of money taken out of your W-2, you actually just had to pay a tax like quarterly tax bill because sure. then you'd realize what you're really actually paying for. And you'll realize a little bit more of those benefits too, because the allowances that aren't taxed, that's actually a pretty big deal that I at first did yeah. not recognize how big a deal that was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, looking back, I wish I, I mean, we can, you always say you wish you'd have done things differently. Uh, but my time in the core, I think uh, I really wish I would have spent more time studying business and, mm-hmm. you know, maybe, maybe a little less beer drinking. I'm not going to say no beer drinking. But, yeah. 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 Uh, a little less beer drinking, a little yeah. bit more focus. Uh, but again, you're in your early twenties, you're going to make mistakes and yeah. your life is going to end up the way it's going to end up and you're in control of it. So yeah, we would have done a few things differently, but all in all, you know, where you are today, you're there because you made decisions and right. whether good or bad, you're it's in your hands. So if yeah. you don't like where you're at, change it. If you do like where you're at, keep it going, you know, yeah. make it bigger. I would argue that those, uh, that beer drinking was actually building your social skills. That's making you successful today. Uh, that's a good argument. Yeah. Good you're argument. welcome. Yeah. I got you, man. Yeah, <laughs> I, got, yeah. I can make an excuse for beer drinking any day. Yeah. This is funny, funny, real quick story about the Marine yeah. Corps. So I was, uh, I had this beer bong that, um, I, I really loved it. Was, name was Nadine. So, uh, when we lived in the barracks, when I lived in the barracks, the duty NCO down in the, the barracks building would always send the Marines in their alphas when they're checking into my, to my barracks room. And it was tradition that everybody that checked in had to do a beer bong in their office when they checked into 
into the unit. So every, everyone knew me and they knew the beer bong and uh, <laughs> it was fun. But again, yeah, that's, that's social networking. So it, it is, it was fun. I hadn't thought about that in a while, but yeah, there's, I see Marines still come to me today and they're like, man, you still have Nadine. I'm like, no, I don't have Nadine. But, uh, <laughs> Your wife made you break up with her. Can, yeah. Can let yeah. Nadine we, go. We separate, separated ways in the, <laughs> in the late 2010s, I guess. But, uh, right. No, but, well, it's uh, my first office as a realtor and stuff. We were there and myself and Maya was with me from the beginning. She she came on right when we started and kind of to that drinking point. Like it wasn't like we were drinking all the time or anything, but in our office, we had like, you know, had a couple of bottles of whiskey. We had some glasses. So any of the, any of the military guys come in and we we're in uh, Liberty Station. So right over near, next to MCRD. Yeah. But if people stop by, like, you know, we, if it's nine 30 in the morning and someone's coming by, we'll have a whiskey with them, you know, and our, uh, team leader, you know, or who at the time or broker, I should say too, like, or like, hey, that's, you can't build a business like that. That's not how you build a business. I'm like, you're not, you don't know my people. Like, I mean, they, they had the best intentions. Yeah. They're like, Hey, you have to do this and this. I'm like, I don't need to know how to visit built, how you built your business 16 years ago. I need to know how to build a business now. And I need to build a business with my people. And that's, you know how it is. So, but, but what they just didn't understand was some of these people were coming in from work, you know, they had a late flight, they're flying all night, then cleaning weapons and then, you know, shower. And then they're stopping by there to catch up on the way home from, you know, 18 hours, you know, at, at yeah. work. So it was just the perspective, just a different perspective that, you know, they were cool with it. Eventually they saw, okay, wait, that is building a business, but, but yeah, it just comes to all those things make you and your business what it is. Are those decisions and yeah. those things from your personality or Nadine's personality, you know, either or. Yeah, no, I, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, you know, when you come in and it, no matter what the business is, you know, you can, someone's done it before. You're yeah. not most of the time, not groundbreaking technology. Right. No. So if you look and you're like, Hey, I like what this person's doing, kind of get in and study them without mm-hmm. stalking them and making them like super creepy um, <laughs> at, at first. And then you can get creepy. Um, but figuring out what they're doing and what they like about their business. Yeah. Uh, so I took the, the biggest guy in our area and I was looking at his business and liked what he was doing. And then um, we have the biggest group in the region that's in my office. And I, I really like what they're doing on these things. And then taking a little bit and blending it together and making it your own. Yeah. Uh, and people are always going to give you advice, but you don't always have to take the advice. You, you can take it into counsel and, and respect it and say, Hey, would this change anything? Would this make it better? Or is this me? Right. So number one job in sales is lead generation. So mm-hmm. if you're the kind of person that can get into work and, and get on Mojo Dialer and make 500 phone calls in one day, more freaking power to you. I would right. rather slam my head in the door 25 times. 100%. Um, where I, I'm probably a lot like you, I like to get out in front of people and mm-hmm. host a happy hour or you know, doing a first-time home buyer clinic for civilians or vets or whoever uh, and doing something like that and, and really coming from contribution and talking. Yeah in a bar setting sometimes really works well. Sometimes yeah. it works well in a library setting, you know, it just depends right. on who you're talking to. But if I gave that advice to somebody that was a, a cold caller, yeah. they're going to fail because they don't want to be in front of people. Right. Uh, and if you take that person and say, you need to get on the phone and make a hundred calls, they're probably not going to do it. So you got to sure. find your way of lead generating and doing your job. Yeah. Uh, otherwise you're, you're going to wash and you're not going to make it. hundred percent. No, making it your own. And it, I think, also people have to recognize there are going to be parts. You're going to have to do some things that are uncomfortable for you. Like to your point too, like, oh, yeah. I'm not going to be the cold. Call. That's just not mine. 
but also certain follow-up or certain things that you're going to have to do to be successful. The other thing is people feel like, and I, I guess, you know, real estate has a bad rap because we do have some, like you mentioned earlier, it's a pretty low barrier to entry, right? So it's pretty easy to get into the business. It's a lot harder to be successful and stay in it. But that also builds a little bit of a uh, negative reputation, I guess you could say with a lot of this and people are super salesy and unethical and whatever. And like uh, when we do our team trainings and stuff, we focus on the fact of like, we don't have to sell anything if you can educate, but you still have to stay in front of the people. You still have to make the contacts. You still have to do all those things. So it's still a job. And sometimes that's uncomfortable, but if I had to go try to like sell, I think I would, I would fail miserably. I just not, that's just not the thing. Yeah. But if you can educate people that they'll make their own decisions, that that's how it works for us. You know, some people might be different. Well, yeah. So case in point, I skipped one part. When I first got out of the Marine Corps, I had one of my, my best friends and mentors had a, a used restaurant equipment business and they built manufactured bar stools. Okay. And that was, that was actually my first job straight out and it was sales. And he said, go sell these bar stools. I was like, great. Where? Yeah. Where do I go? He's like, we'll go to bars. <laughs> I just walk into a bar carrying a bar stool and take my own bar stool and sit down at the bar. I, I didn't know. Really? I washed out of that pretty quick because I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And I was like, how do you sell a chair in real estate? Like you said, you don't sell the house. Your job in sales is selling you. Yeah. You are the, you are the product that takes them to the product they're going to buy. You don't, you'll never talk somebody into buying a house they don't want. Yeah. Why would you do that? Right. You just have to, some, I mean, there's people, I think my record 71 showings before we contracted oh, wow. a house. Nice. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, and I, you know, then you just try to hyper focus, and you know, instead of going to see the twenty five ones they found on Zillow, say, okay, well, let's pick your top five, and yeah. then I'm going to give you the ones that I think are the best deals. And then it's fun because I sometimes I write down on a piece of paper before we start, put it in my back pocket, and say, this yeah. is the house you're going to buy. Challenge me at the end of the day, and then we get they're like, okay, this is the one I want to make an offer on. I pull it out of my back pocket and go, is that the address? And they're like, yeah. Uh, I mean, do you know your client? Right? Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. So uh, it's always fun. Yeah. yeah. I mean, now I'm just picturing like uh, I know some of my friends, they would play that probably if, if I told them that they would have like, uh, if they're showing four homes, they would have a different address in each pocket. I just know it. Like, <laughs> yeah, oh, no, is this your house? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I chose the wrong pocket. How about this one? This one. Yeah. There you go. There you go. No, yeah, that's true though. Uh, I know I've had uh, one person, well, more than one, but one just kind of, she laughed at me and, uh, and just ask what I was doing because we'd gone in and, you know, she they purchased somewhere else before then when they transferred here, I was showing a home and uh, one of the first ones and, you know, it set them up, had all the information we talked about before we went in. And then she was just looking and I was off. I was kind of looking at other things and she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, well, I'm just looking for this area has like, you know, there's a lot of soil settlement in this area. I'm looking for any signs of like foundation cracks or any of the wall, drywall, any seams or anything like that, whatever. And she's like, wow, like normally people are trying to sell us on this beautiful kitchen. I'm like, you're, I'm like, you know what you like, you know what I mean? You're going to like it. You're not, there's nothing I'm going to tell you that that this is a beautiful kitchen. If it sucks, you're going to think it sucks. I just don't want you to get into a bad investment, you know, and kind of like you're saying, you've got to do what works for you. You've got to be yourself. If I tried to be something that wasn't genuinely me, it would, people would see through it and it would just, that would fail miserably. I think that's another uh, key thing is just stick to what you, you know, to your personality. Uh, but that's also why I stick with the military stuff. Kind of like we talk about giving each other jabs and stuff. Uh, I try to, you know, it's either everything I've done has been 
uh, from people I know or referred to me from people I know. So all of it's been that any of our marketing is for the team, but that way I can enjoy it when I'm having to spend longer hours and stuff and making fun of each other and, you know, just enjoying that time versus feeling like I'm at, at work all the time. Well, I think the key to success and happiness is not feeling like you're at work when you're at work. If you yeah. find something that you really enjoy doing, you're not at work. You're, mm-hmm. you, you're having fun. And I never thought I'd actually ever be able to say that, you know, I, I yeah. probably wouldn't do well. I wouldn't enjoy a corporate job as much as I enjoy this, but mm-hmm. you know, being out and being in front of people and talking to different people every day and getting to know different personalities and taking that as a challenge. And, um, you know, seeing someone that's a hard nut to crack and kind of breaking them and making them smile every now and again, you know, that, it's fun. You know, <laughs> it is, it is, it can be fun for sure. Well, we, I, I asked you about your, uh, you know, your, your biggest hurdle or biggest misstep. So what about, uh, what would you say your biggest success during, from either that transition out of the military or just into your business itself? Um, probably biggest success is overcoming my own mental blocks and, you know, coming from law enforcement, getting out from under the rock and getting in front of people. That was really hard. You know, when you're, when you do what I did, you get, there's a lot of people that are still in prison because of me today. And, you know, getting out and putting your face on a billboard is scary as hell sometimes, you know, but, um, you know, it, but most of those people, you know, again, in law enforcement, I looked at that like sales. So prison was probably the best option for a lot of those people. So mm-hmm. I kind of got over that. Uh, and then not putting anybody into a box yeah. and saying, they're going to be this, or they're going to be this, or they're not going to use me because they know this person and yeah. taking all the curtains down and looking through people and getting to know them. We were looking at lots uh, for a friend of mine that was going to buy um, a lakefront lots. We're right on a little lake community mm-hmm. here. Uh, not quite what your view is probably looking at your, your area there, but uh, it's, it's nice. Uh, so we started looking at like $175,000 lots and that ended up being uh, the largest real estate transaction in our County's history. So oh, right uh, it was, you know, just being hungry and not, yeah, we looked at the house as a joke total joke just because i'd always wanted to see the inside of it and uh we went and by god it was perfect and they made an offer on it and and we they did it so uh that was a a life-changing sale i'll put it that way but uh it was pretty amazing and i said well i'll never be able to do that again because we had this big stupid sale and then the next year i did the same amount of volume without a big sale right so my goal is always to do better every year than I did the year before. Right. And I've done that every year that I've been in the business. I've only been in the business since 2016. Right. I retired uh, one week before seven, seven, sixteen, where we lost five officers in downtown Dallas. Oh. Uh, so that changed my motivation. You know, yeah. it was, you got to do it. And, it, and, you know, in the beginning it was, if I don't sell houses, I'm going to lose mine. That military mindset of failure is not an option. It, it was very, very powerful with where, I fit today for sure. Right. I, I, I think some of those, uh, that mindset of, you know, not being able to fail or, or like that you have to have to succeed. There's certain things that I have to, uh, I put certain hurdles into my business, if you will, I, I guess would be the best way to say it. Like when I started hiring on, you know, like I hired someone to start working with me before I'd done any sales because I knew that I was going to make mistakes. And I do whatever we did right or wrong. I needed someone to document that and be there and learn. From, I, I don't have a lot of patience for a lot of things. So I was basically hiring someone to learn as I learned and to not let me go back and do the same dumb shit over and over if I was doing something wrong. And, you know, again, that's when people are like, dude, you can't do that. That's crazy. You're, you're like paying a salary for someone that you're not even doing business yet. But 
honestly, looking back, it was the best thing I'd done because two, two reasons, even if I would have gotten bored or just like, Hey man, I, I just want to be, go you know, like a, live on my investments or something. I couldn't at that point. Cause if someone had believed in me, so I had to make sure that they were successful and having those little hurdles or putting a project in front of me that other people rely on, it keeps me more focused than say I would be for myself. If that, if that right. makes sense, you know, so, no, it definitely does. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, giving back, uh, when you hit the stage where you can give back to your community, that was a huge difference in my, in my business and my life. When you can, you stop looking at it for you and start looking at it for other people. And when you contribute to your community, whether it's high school scholarships or uh, we're raising money for brain treatment for veterans right now, and, you know, really getting hyper-focused on your charities, 22 kill is a big one that we support. They're now one tribe foundation. Uh, when you bury one of your guys, you know, it changes the way you look on things. I think yeah. w- one of my guys, unfortunately, losing his battle totally changed my outlook because I was like, mm-hmm. well, now I'm doing this for him too, you know? Yeah. So yeah. instead of looking at it like, why did this happen? It's like, well, this happens. So how can we change this and honor him by doing this, you know? And mm-hmm. uh, that was, that was pretty powerful as well. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It, it was, uh, I guess I had a, a wake up call about a little over a year after I got out it was the first death of a friend, like since getting out and it kind of like snapped me out of that little, um, I guess that mind space of like, okay, cool. I left that, that world and had to realize like, well, my friends didn't leave that world yet. Not all my friends are out of that yet. So it was kind of a snap back and and a perspective into just still appreciating everything that we do have. Yeah. I think we get reminded of that a lot. Yeah. Unfortunately in their own ways. Cool, man. Well, I, I mean, I know on your birthday, I don't want to take up your whole morning. You know, I'm sure you got some crayons to eat and celebrate, right? Like my last Marine jab to you for today. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, blue is my favorite. I mean, let us know if, what your favorite crayons are out there. I like blue. It's got a good flavor to it. Um, <laughs> and I definitely, definitely did not start my day with a shot of whiskey in my coffee. That didn't happen on the birthday. Didn't, didn't happen. No, I, I don't it know. Didn't. It, it, did, it didn't <laughs> Yeah, happen. exactly. So, um, exactly. Yeah. Well, I'll definitely have a beer to celebrate your birthday here a little bit later, man. But I absolutely appreciate you coming on and sharing a little bit of that, a little bit of your story. And maybe we'll do it again sometime if you're up for it. Yeah, for sure. Well, happy Veterans Day to you and to all the other vets out there. Tomorrow's Veterans Day. I don't know when this is going to air, but yeah, Yeah, respect and remember. Awesome. I appreciate that. And for anybody listening who wants to get in touch with Chris, if you're going to be going to a Dallas area, just go ahead and reach out on expertishpodcast.com. You can fill out the little uh, message there and let us know and we'll connect you. I don't want to blast his phone number out here right now, but uh, I'll definitely yeah. connect you, send everybody that information and absolutely reach out. And I'll go ahead and volunteer, Chris. If people have any questions too, just like most of the uh, veterans we have on, on here, I'm sure Chris would be okay with answering questions about like transition out of the military and some of those things as well. For sure. Yeah. And you can find us at chrisdorward.com. It's like forward with a D. Perfect. chrisdorward.com or find us on Facebook at Chris Dorward Real Estate. Cool. I'm right that down real quick because I will add that to the show notes stuff. So hopefully get that out there on the social media post too. And if not, just beat up Steven since you're over there close yeah. to him. We'll blame him for it and yeah. uh, just go slap him around. Well, even if even if it's not a real estate question, if you're coming to the Dallas area, give me a shot. I'd love to introduce you to some people and make sure that you're moving to the right area. So. Maybe you can introduce them to Nadine. Maybe. Well, she's retired, but maybe we can break out a new one. <laughs> maybe you can find another one. Awesome, man. Well, Chris, thanks so much for your time, man. And seriously, you know, have a great day and look forward to talking to you again. Thanks, Jay. Congratulations on your success. Hey, thank you. If you could use an inexpensive and super convenient healthcare option, I definitely recommend checking out Skill Mills Telehealth. 
for me, when I did the research, it turned out that their program worked well as a supplement to VA medical. So that's the route I went. If you go to their website for the information, skillmill.com, that's S-K-I-L-L-M-I-L.com. Go to the top, click on the telehealth button. It'll take you to another page with the information on all their programs. Super easy, super easy to sign up. If you click on the get started button, fill in a little bit of basic info, you could even use your referral code expertish podcast in the drop down. And then from there, they'll take care of you and you're all set. Definitely highly recommend checking that out.